You are listening to How Does She Do It? Episode 80. Welcome to the ride. Thank you for listening to another episode of How Does She Do It? Through this podcast and my coaching, I help you own your story, live fueled by faith, and elevate your impact in your career and your calling. My name is Tiffany and I am your host. And if this is your first time listening, welcome. If this is your third, fourth, fifth, sixth, 80th time listening, welcome back. We are happy to have you. It occurred to me that the third year anniversary of this podcast passed and I didn't even acknowledge that. So it has been three years which is so crazy to say because there was definitely a few times where I thought about closing it down and just thinking that I shouldn't do the podcast anymore. But I am so grateful to have you here. I'm thankful for you. If this is your first time listening, I'm thankful for you. If this is your 80th time listening, I'm thankful for you. If this is just, you just keep popping in every once in a while. I appreciate you. I thank you for your shares. I thank you for your messages. If you want to connect with me, the best way to do it is through Instagram. I am at Tiff South and that's Tiff with two F's on Instagram. You can also send me an email to Tiffany at how does she do it podcast.com. As you, many of you have done already, but if you haven't had a chance to do so, please leave a five-star rating and review in the Apple Podcast app. We are so close to breaking the 180 barrier. So I want, I shouldn't say barrier, but the 180 uh, rating mark. So feel free to head over and leave a rating and review there. It is greatly appreciated. The show notes for this week's episode will be available at HowDoesSheDoItPodcast.com. And if you enjoy the podcast and want to stay connected between episodes, you can text How Does She Do It as one word to 444-999. Again, that's text How Does She Do It as one word to 444-999. And with that, we'll get into this week's Just My Thoughts. Just My Thoughts is the segment of the show where I share my reviews, recommendations, or rejections related to something that I have come across in pop culture or something that has happened to me. This week's Just My Thoughts will be a little bit different because I am not going to talk about anything that is happening in the in the world generally because there are so many, so many thoughts from related to the Kavanaugh catastrophe of a hearing and the bravery of Dr. Ford that I, I will reserve and leave to the, to the Twitter scholars. Um, but know that I believe survivors and it is very important that I think this conversation is happening in a very public way because there are millions and millions of men and women around this world who are impacted by abuse on many, many levels. And so I think that uh, abuse and assault, I should say. And so um, I just want to kind of put that out there. So if you take a look at your device or what, however you are listening to this podcast right now, you will see a picture of me that is on my album artwork. And if you go and follow me on Instagram right now, or even if you connect with me on LinkedIn, you will see a picture of me that looks a little bit different than the picture that you see on the artwork. And that's because I made the decision over this past weekend to cut my hair. So just a quick background, I have 
not had a relaxer since 2011, so I've been wearing my hair natural since then. I kind of transitioned before then and made the decision to really just stop the relaxers at that point and have been wearing my hair largely straight for the vast majority of that time. I had a, got a haircut in 2014 where it was like a short bob. It was really cute. And my hair grew back super fast and super long and just really, really healthy. But in the last several months, I've been, I've adjusted my workout regimen. So I've been doing a lot more cardio. And so it's a lot more jump up, jump up activity. And so that means that I am sweating more and sweating differently than I had before. So long story short, I was thinking about, you know, wanting to see my natural curl pattern. I'm now having this conflict of really, really thick, fluffy, soft hair at my roots with this straight hair. And it was just all these things, all these things. So I decided, I told my, my stylist that I didn't want to, I wanted to stay away from heat for a while. So in the course of just one set, one twist out, I realized that my hair was so like the texture was so, was, was basically altered. I don't, I don't like saying damaged because my hair was, I guess I want to say differently healthy, but whatever people will debate me on that, but don't, um, my hair was altered. The texture of my hair was altered because I've been putting heat on it for so long. So I made the decision that I was just going to, I was just going to cut my hair. And I called my hairdresser a week and a half before my appointments and said, listen, when I come in next Saturday, I want to cut my hair. And so she asked me a couple questions and I said, I'm telling you now so that I'm planting the seed so you can think about how we might want to do this and that I don't chicken out. So I told a couple people because I was scared that I was going to back back out of it. And what's funny is that I always said, I'm like, you know, when I turn 50, I'm going to cut off all my hair. I'm going to do a big chop and everything's going to be great. And, you know, life will be great when I'm 50, 50, 50, whatever. And, and I realized, number one, I don't know if I'm going to, I'm going to live to 50. So, you know, you, you just don't know. Number two, I was ready for a change and I was ready to bring that change into my life in order to invite something better. Now, my straight hair was gorgeous. I love my straight hair. I you know, I loved the way it looked in pictures. It was healthy, it was thick, all those all those kinds of things. At the same time, there's this other part of my kind of of my hair that I never explored before. And so, I did a big chop I, it, it's super cute. I still, as of this recording, it's been less than a week since I did it. And I am catching myself in the mirror and look and just in my reflection. And just like, I find myself smiling at myself because number one, I can't believe I did it. Number two, I am getting used to an entirely new look. When you think about the way that you've been wearing your hair, and maybe if you're listening, you're somebody who switches up your hairstyle every couple months and all that kind of stuff. I'm the girl who's been wearing the part on my head the same in the same place for years. I have worn it the same way for years. I may have altered the curl a little bit, never done a, any color. I cut it one time, always was scared to even get my ends trimmed too much, used to get layers put in, but still very tip, like very similar kind of hairstyles. Every once in a while, I do a natural style, do a updo. And it was always this big deal because it was so different for me. But this is the first time that I really committed to doing something um, in this way when it comes to, to my hair. And the 
what was interesting is that the day of I'm in the hairdresser, I'm super hype. I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And, you know, going through the process, washing, um, you know, cutting a little bit or cutting a little bit, then washing, then blow drying it straight to shape it and then washing again and then twisting it. And all this time, you know, a couple hours go by and I'm just like, oh, you know, you know, everything's cool. Everything's cool. I fear, I feel the way that, you know, that my hairdressers just interacting with my hair is different because now there's less hair, right? And so you, I notice these things and I'm under the dryer with the twist out, waiting for it to dry. And then as soon as I get into my hairdresser's chair, I start feeling nauseous. I start feeling so anxious. I'm all of a sudden getting like, oh my, like not quite panicky, but just like really, really anxious. Like, I cannot believe that I'm doing this. I cannot believe I'm doing this. What is this going to look like? How is this going to come out? Whatever. So we go through the whole thing. And I actually had, I had, um, some people in the shop record different parts of this experience and take pictures of it just so I could document this journey. Because for me, it's really significant. And the reason it was so significant or it is so significant is I, truly saw myself as most beautiful with straight hair and had to adjust to seeing myself and learning to see myself with when my hair was natural, when my hair was curly. And I spent so much energy worrying about um, humidity outside. And not to say that those things are not still important. I'm still learning and figuring out how my curls work and all that kind of stuff. But I spent so much time thinking about and emphasizing this straight hair, emphasizing this straight hair. And when I, so I, I made an attempt at the salon to not look at my reflection. Like I, I, cut, I had a towel over my head when I was walking past the mirrors. I didn't want to see it until it was just about done. Took a glimpse at my hair once she cut it off before we kind of, before she styled it. And, um, and then when I finally, I like when she finally turned me around to show me in the mirror and then give me the mirror to hold it up and look at the back, I was just in shock. Um, it looked really cute. And I was like, I know that objectively it looks really cute, but I'm just like trying to get used to seeing my own face in this different way. And so I was just really shocked, jaw on the ground, mouth open. And I was like, let me put my earrings on. And then I put my earrings on and it was like something clicked. And then I started to cry. And I was like, I cannot believe that I'm this cliche. I'm crying as I just did this, you know, made this big, this big chop and standing in the salon and just thinking about just looking at myself and seeing myself literally in a way I'd never seen myself before. And it sound like I, I never, I've never doubted someone's emotions when they explained this experience to me before, but I, un the it, it was just a really emotional experience. And like I said, I thought I was going to be cool until I was sitting in that chair, getting those twists taken out. And then all of a sudden I was like, okay, there's really no turning back now. Although there was no turning back, you know, hours before when she cut off my hair, now there was really no turning back. And I think the, the lesson and the value in it for me and the lesson that I would take away and share with you is there is value in inviting change into your life. We often are dealing with change that comes as a result of external forces, external things that are brought to us that we then have to adjust and adapt to with very little warning, with no say, no input. 
Whereas this experience was a decision that I made for myself in a way that I really didn't honestly didn't think I was ever going to do it because I was so attached to my hair, my long hair, I should say. And at the same time, like I find myself feeling lighter over these last couple days, feeling like, like I just have a different, I, I don't, I don't know. And I, and I'm just trying, is it maybe like, is there this like post hair, post big chop, like euphoria that happens that I don't, you know, know about that, it that goes away over time. Um, but I am really excited. I'm really interested to see how I'm going to learn to do my hair. Mind you, I'm not somebody, I don't do no two strand twists. I don't cornrow. I don't do any of that kind of stuff. So I'm learning this stuff as I go. God bless my stylist for still keeping my appointment, but it is really an exciting experience. And so maybe, maybe the change that you need to invite in your life is not a big chop, right? But there is something that you can do that you have been thinking about doing that you know will lead to a shift for you that you know will put your mind in a different position that will set your that will set up something differently in your life than than the way that it is right now and you've been hesitating to do that and what if any if i've learned anything over the last several weeks in light of the in light of the losses that I've experienced as well as other people that I know have experienced as well as the birth of new life of my nephew coming into this world, thinking about this assumption that we have time. Like here I am talking at 33, talking about when I'm 50, what if I don't make it to 50? You know, and of course, and the biggest regret in my life would not have been that I didn't cut all my hair off. But one of the things that I was really curious about is what will my natural hair be like? What is my, what is the texture of my hair? And this is no shade to wearing your hair straight because, you know, I love, I, I, I love it. But I think it really comes down to a stage that you're in your life and just being willing to whatever that changes is to, is to make that shift. And, uh, what was really cool was that, so I decided, I only told like three or four people that I was cutting my hair. So what I decided to do, I, I didn't tell my mom, I didn't tell my sisters, I didn't tell my brother. So I was FaceTiming everyone. So I video chat my mom. She doesn't have FaceTime. She has an Android phone. I don't understand that, but no shout out, no shade to Android, but you know, I like FaceTime anyway. So I, I go on WhatsApp, video chat my mom and I'm looking at her and she's looking at me and my mom cut her hair four days before I did. And she didn't tell me either because we were waiting to surprise each other. And we were both at that same stage where we were like, you know, it's time to do something different. It's time to see a different version of uh, a different, healthier version of what this change can be like on the other side of this, of this hair transition. So I encourage you to, that was a really long, just my thoughts, but I encourage you to assess where you need a shift and don't be afraid to invite that change into your life. I'm not talking about a change that is rash or rooted in only emotion that may have con negative consequences for you, but you know, you know when you're when there's when you're ready to do something that you've been holding off from doing. You know that there's something that you've been thinking about for a while that you've been like, "Uh, oh, I'm not really sure." So, so my question to you is why not now? Why not now? And know that 
on the other side of the change will be growth without a doubt. One thing that they tell you is that when you cut your hair, if your hair was growing before you cut it, your hair will only grow faster and healthier and better. And my hair is like super dark now because apparently healthier hair that's closer to the root is darker than hair that grows out and straight hair reflects light differently than natural hair. All these different things that I'm learning. And I was just like, wow, like who knew? So anyway, um, don't be afraid to invite change into your life and don't think that you have until next week, next month, next year to make a decision about something that you know has been on your spirit already. Invite the change and take steps towards making that change today. And that concludes this week's Just My Thoughts. When I decided to leave practice as a junior associate, it was because I felt this kind of stirring in my spirit. And what happened was I made the decision, and you've heard me talk about this before if you've been listening for a while, and if not, you will hear kind of my backstory. So I decided when I was in sixth grade about that about then that I wanted to be a Supreme Court justice. My mother always reminds me that I didn't say I didn't just say I wanted to be a lawyer. I said I wanted to be a Supreme Court justice. It's safe to say that that particular path is out the window, not somewhere where I'm going to be. But at that point, I locked in on a vision. I locked in on what I wanted to do because I that was the path that I chose. I started to gravitate, you know, towards learning a little bit more about practice. I got a chance to sit on the bench at traffic court with a judge who went to my church and one of my cousins, she went to law school. So I kind of locked myself into being an attorney and I was focused on it. And what, you know, I, we go to college. That was the singular focus, changed my major once, uh, to reflect, a better strength in the softer social sciences than as opposed to things like economics and finance and all that kind of those kinds of things and got to the end of my my junior year not even the end of my junior year but got to my junior year and realized that my GPA and my application would not be would not be competitive for a, a law school and so I was trying to figure out well what kind of what was I going to do in between Never really thought about getting a job. That wasn't something that I considered. It was school school, and more school. So I ended up getting a master's degree in social work, which to me was one of the most valuable educational experiences I have ever had because it turned out to be a much more personal journey than it was just purely the study of clinical social work. So I studied clinical social work was training to be a therapist and all while again still within that first year because the the graduate program the master's in social work program was only 2 years so i basically had 1 year to decide if i was going to pursue and try to apply to law school or if i was going to try and get jobs for after graduation and i was tiptoeing around the idea of going to law school 
And I was like, no. And my friends were like, you're being, you're scared. You're not, you're worried that you're not going to get in. You have always said you wanted to go to law school. You should go to law school. And they were right. That was the only thing that I said I wanted to do. And I was like, all right, bet. So studied for the LSAT, you know, um, back then they, they had this like instant message help program where you could talk to, you know, someone who helped, uh, underrepresented minorities get into graduate, get into law school. And so they would answer questions that I had and everything. It was great. And so that come, you know, come fall 2007, Oh Lord, I'm getting old. Fall 2007, applying to law schools, writing my letters of recommend, not writing my letters of recommendation, writing my personal statements, requesting letters of recommendation, putting together these packet, this, this material and these applications. And I get into law school. I had my eye set on Emory in Atlanta. One of my cousins lived in Atlanta. She was like, she's my big sister. I'm like, yeah, we're going to go and live in Atlanta. Everything's going to be great. And I, you know, had bought a plane ticket to go visit a school in Ohio, visit a school in Wisconsin. I get waitlisted at some schools. I get accepted to others. And all while getting, you know, all hype and all excited about this law school journey. And, you know, like I said, Emory was my, where I was going. I was going to Atlanta. And I got a phone call from the University of Pennsylvania Law School telling me that I got an accepted into the the incoming law school class and the week later I got a letter from Emory saying that I got rejected so that decision um kept me in Philadelphia and of course I mean Penn is an excellent excellent one of this the best law school in my opinion and so it wasn't like I was losing by staying in Philadelphia and I got to stay with um you know one of my friends who was going to continue to be here so it was it was great so I get to law school, still locked in on being an attorney, but recognizing that there are other things, other career opportunities out there that I never explored. But still, corporate law, six-figure salary, that's the tunnel vision, narrow focus, had one law firm in mind, that was the place I wanted to go, doing these, you know, these programs to get me a job after my first year, and just all these things. And... So I give you all that backstory to say that starting in sixth grade and literally all the way up through 2011, really, I had set these goals and these objectives for myself. I set the goal of going to law school. I set the goal. Start The first goal was really going to Cornell. The second goal was getting into a graduate program since law school wasn't going to be the first step got into a graduate program. The next step, getting into law school. Next step, getting a job offer. Next step, taking the bar exam, passing the bar exam, starting a job. And I checked all those things. I checked all those boxes. I get to the desk a couple months in, you know, some of the the excitement has started to wear off. The weight of the work started to, to weigh on me. And I kept looking around, waiting for what was next. I, I had this, this feeling and this desire to know what the next move was going to be. And really was essentially what I realized in hindsight is I was looking for a syllabus. I was looking for someone to tell me how career, how my career was going to progress. I spent nine years straight, which I do not recommend 
in school from the time I started my freshman year in college all the way to the time I graduated law school. I spent all that time in school. And every semester, you get a syllabus. You get a syllabus that tells you at the start of the semester what the expectations are. You know what is expected of you week to week. And you get to a point at the end of that process, you know when your final exams are, you know when your papers are due, you know if there are any midterms or they call them prelims when I was at Cornell, you know what to expect. So for nine years from, you know, August to September, all the way through May, my life was planned. And then I start this job and they're like, all right, go be a lawyer and go and, and really go do your career had no idea what that meant. And so as I navigated what it meant to really sit back and decide, well, how do I want my career to look? What do I actually want to do? Why am I actually in this role that I'm in right now? I started to ask myself those questions. Why am I unhappy in the work that I'm doing? What would I rather be doing? What interests me? What are my skill sets? What are my gifts? And what I came to find is that I, like I started to gravitate back towards the sort of counseling model and then came across coaching. And over, you know, I, at that time, I ended up not doing a coaching training program while I was still working at the firm, but I made my transition. I made my first career transition out of the law firm into higher education, working still in the legal profession, and but at the entry point in law school, doing admissions work, doing diversity work with some amazing people, and and working and great, made, getting to meet some some students who I still who I see today, who I now see as attorneys, which makes me feel old when I say that. But to be able to see and been a part of their development has been awesome, and. What I recognize about the value of your career, when I saw a personal growth and a personal shift happening in my personal life, this desire for greater purpose, this desire to use my voice, this desire to help impact the lives of others in a very direct way, my willingness to no longer or my, I was no longer willing rather to do things for the sake of checking a box, but was really interested in doing things that I actually wanted to do and that fed me in a different type of way. Those things fueled my career direction and career trajectory. And I share all of this to say that when you, there are certain points when you get in your career that you have to step all the way back and really try to figure out where you are right now. And you have to get very clear about a few things. You have to get clear about what you want. You have to get clear about what you have to offer. And you have to get clear about how you might be able to, to bridge the gap between what you want and what you have to offer. And when I started my coaching business back in 2015, I spent the vast majority of the time working with individual clients. And over the last several months, I've been working to develop a way to work with more than one person at a time and really to help people get clear about some of the things that I have learned to get clear about over the course of my career and the things that I've been able to help my clients do for the last few several years. And what it comes down to is 
in order for you to advance in your career, you have to be clear about what you have to offer. And in order to then take it to the next step, you have to know how to communicate what you have to offer. And what I have found is one of the greatest gaps that people have is not, not that they can't do or not are not qualified for opportunities. It's not that the opportunities do not exist. It's that they do not know how to bridge that gap. People have a difficult time drawing the connection between the experiences that they have had in the past, the experiences that they have right now, and the experiences that they want to have in the future that in the future opportunity that they're looking for. They have a difficult time transferring and translating how the experience that they have will be able to be used in the opportunity that they're pursuing. So what I have done and what I've been spending the last several months doing is really getting very clear about the process that I have used and the process that I have used for my clients to help them get from the job that they have or the job that they don't have to the opportunities that they are looking for. And in order to do that, you have to start with a certain level of, as I mentioned, really knowing what you want. And when I say what you want, not the title of the job, not the company that you want to work for, but how do you want to contribute? What is something that you really want to do and, 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 and add value to in the work that you do with your, with your, with your time every day, right? We spend so much more of our time at work than we do doing anything else. And so it is imperative that, and I think, an expectation, and I also think a gift to be able to do what you are gifted and skilled at in your work every day. I think there is an assumption that being able to do something that you really enjoy and that you love and that you can contribute to in a way that you are uniquely gifted to do so, that that's reserved for rich people or that's reserved for educated people or that's reserved for white people or that's reserved for black people or that's reserved for the free spirited people, everybody but you, right? And that's not true. It You have the ability, you have the gifts. Every one of us was gifted with a unique set of things that God placed in us before we were even thoughts in our parents' minds, right? And you couple that with the unique life experience and life journey that you have had, and you have a package that no one else has, literally no one else has. And so what I wanted to do was create a program that would allow and invite a community of women to come together to work with me in order to pull out those gifts in order to pull out those strengths and in order to help you learn to identify and own those strengths and then leverage and position those strengths for the opportunities that you desire. As I mentioned before, the challenge is not that you are not gifted. The challenge is not that you are not talented. The challenge is not that you are not qualified. The challenge is in knowing how to make sure that the person that you are speaking to about this networking opportunity, that the person that you are speaking to about this leadership opportunity, that the person who you are speaking to about your title change or your promotion or your new job opportunity, that they are able to understand and 
hear clearly from you how you are right for those opportunities. Elevate Your Career Academy is open for business and Elevate Your Career Academy is an eight-week online program. When I say online, it is a, it is an online in the sense that we will meet virtually. It is not a video recorded program, but it is a program where we will meet on a weekly basis, sometimes twice a week for the over the course of eight weeks in order to help you do exactly the things that I've been talking about here today. What I desire and what I love to do more than anything really in this world besides tell people about the goodness of God is to really help them break down into very specific and tangible details how they are excellent and affirm not with fluff, not with nonsense, not with made up stuff, but really help people extract and understand. No, that thing that you said you do, which is really just putting like entering data into a spreadsheet, you are compiling information that can be analyzed for the purposes of X, right? And being able to get down to that type of detail and really help you reimagine the possibilities that you have for your career. What I've learned in, in my own career journey and in the career journeys of, of my clients is that you can only imagine what you've, what you've seen, basically. Like when it comes to thinking about jobs and possibilities, if you don't actually go out and look to see what is out there, you will keep yourself to a limited scope of opportunity. And so one of the things that we'll do in Elevate Your Career Academy is really start to imagine what other possibilities, what other way can your career take shape? Maybe it doesn't mean jumping industries, but maybe it's imagining a different type of title. It's imagining working in a different type of company. It's imagining working on a different type of team or transferring internally. I work with one with one woman who had multiple job offers within her company and we spent time talking about how she could position herself and really more so for her really to build her up to make her remember and realize, yo, I'm actually dope. Like I'm actually really qualified for these positions. And it is a blessing that they're giving me this opportunity, but they're not giving it to me because I'm not qualified for it. They're giving it to me because I am the best person for it. And when you can take that posture towards your job search, and really this is not even about just your job search. When you can take that posture for yourself and feel good about who you are and what you have to offer, it is hard to go into a negotiation with lacking confidence. When you feel about the feel good about the woman that you are, it is hard to approach a job opportunity feeling timid or feeling like it's not the best for me. You know that they say that men will apply to jobs when they have sometimes less than 50% of the requirements or the stated the stated requirements for the position. Do you know that women will women will if they don't have up to 80% of what that job offer is asking or what that job description says, they won't apply. And what I'm trying to do is number 1, help you realize that you don't need 80% of anything to apply for a job. Number 2, to help you have the tangible confidence and the objective confidence to say you know, I might not have all of these things on this list, but here's what I know I can do that will change that that will change that job description. That job description is going to want to adjust to me by the time I'm done with it. And I'm not trying to gas you up, I'm not trying to have you out here with pipe dreams, but I'm just trying to have you really want to help you develop an an internal confidence, an internal self-awareness, an internal 
mindset that is rooted in the identity that Christ, that we have in Christ, right? That is rooted in the, the beautiful daughter that he sees you as. And when you can see yourself the way that Christ sees you, period, how then can you not show up feeling confident in your career? How then can you not show up feeling confident in yourself as a woman if you see yourself the way that he sees you? And so in all through and in this program is if is is faith, right? Is our foundation in faith because without that, we have nothing else. Everything else falters. So I really just wanted to to number one invite you as members and listeners of the podcast. You are getting the first invitation to Elevate Your Career Academy. I've mentioned it a few times before, but I have been kind of piecemealing sharing information about it because I wanted to share it with you first. And if you're listening to this before eight o'clock on Thursday, then you are listening to it before the the masterclass that I'm hosting. And I want you to. I want you to email me if you are interested in being a part of the first cohort of Elevate Your Career Academy. Send an email to Tiffany at how does she do it podcast.com or hit me up on Instagram. I'm at Tiff South and that's Tiff with two F's. I am so excited to bring this to the world. I'm so excited to bring this to you and I want to have you in my community. I want you to be a part of this experience so that not not so you can get stuff from me, but so that you can get stuff from other women. That you can get stuff from the other women in this community because what I have found in being a part of my mastermind and being part of different sort of accountability groups, the value is not the the all the, all the value doesn't come from the coach. The value comes from being able to be in community and to hear the stories and journeys and experiences of everybody else around you. So if you're interested in being a part of the first cohort of Elevate Your Career Academy, send me an email, Tiffany at how does she do it podcast.com. You can also visit fourcornerscoach.com slash career success. And that's F-O-U-R cornerscoach.com slash career success. You can also visit the show notes for this week's episode to get links to the page for Elevate Your Career Academy. And I am, I take this work very seriously. And I take it seriously because we are charged, and I mentioned this in a few episodes, a few episodes ago, we are charged to be salt and light. And in addition to that meaning, we are to reflect the love and the life and the gospel of Christ in everything that we do. We are also meant to do that. That means that we're also expected to do that in the way that we show up to work. And if you are in a career that is beating you down, if you are in a career that is sapping your joy and your energy so you don't have the time or the resources to do things with the people that you care about, if you don't have the opportunity to integrate, not balance, but integrate the things that matter to you into your life because you have no room left because of what you come home with after you spend time at work, are you in the best position to, to be a beacon? Are you in the best position? And, and, that, and I say that cautiously because I'm, what I'm not saying is that like we are, we are to have peace and joy that surpass all understanding regardless of our circumstances. That said, we are also called 
to express our gifts in the highest and best possible way. And if you are in a place that is not allowing you to develop and grow, I encourage you to think long and hard about why you're still there. And there are a lot of factors. I'm not, I'm not advocating for anybody walking away from their job tomorrow because it's hard. I'm not, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying that, what I'm saying is that there is a time to reassess and there's a time to adjust. And there, there are so many opportunities for you to do and find good work that aligns with your values, that aligns with what you are interested in doing, that aligns with the way that you want to show up. You don't have to be an entrepreneur. You don't have to have a side hustle, although those things are fine too. I am in the process of becoming, of doing both of those things, right? But we are called to show up fully And sometimes it's a matter of not even leaving where you are, but just learning how to navigate the the space better by knowing how to ask for what you want, by knowing how to create opportunities where there may not see any, where there may not be any. And that is, that's exactly what, what Elevate Your Career Academy will help prepare you to do through the, through the framework that I have outlined, through the resources that we have available, through the personalized resume feedback, through the evaluation of, of LinkedIn profiles, through the community conversations, through the live question and answer. All of these things are, are available to you and I invite you to, to join. I invite you to be a part of the experience and I invite you to really take a step to invest in your future and to invest in what you want your career to, to adjust to and to take shape to. So I look forward to hearing from you. If you are interested, again, visit fourcornerscoach.com slash career success. And that's F O U R cornerscoach.com slash career success. If you visit the show notes for this week's episode, you will find the link to that there. You can also connect with me on Twitter. I am at Tiff South. That's Tiff with two Fs. And send me a message and let me know if you're interested. And I am opening this up, up opportunity up to you as podcast listeners, first and foremost, because I want to make sure that you have the opportunity to be a part of it because you've been rocking with me for one episode or 80 episodes. Like that's a big deal to me. I appreciate it. I thank you for your support. I thank you for listening. And I thank you for really just being committed to being excellent. Because if you're listening to this podcast, that means that you are someone who is looking for motivation and inspiration to continue to be great and to continue to draw closer to God and to continue to be your best self and continue to be a reflection of who he is as as you walk through your life every single day by getting better in your professional development by getting better in your personal development those things are not that's not a small thing that you take the time to spend time with me is a really big deal and I really appreciate it and I know that You could be spending your time listening to another podcast, but you are listening to me. So I appreciate you. I look forward to connecting with you. And until next time, be blessed and be a blessing. Peace.